Welcome to Game Brain, a podcast about our gaming group. I'm Ben, Man- I'm ben Mandelker. Bem. Bem. Bem's my initials. Are my initials. <laughs> I went into initial mode. I'm Ben Mandelker, and today joining t- me in the hot yeah. seat. The hot seat. Paul Satache. Um, it's pss. <laughs> yeah. So, how you doing, Paul? I am. I'm. I'm in the initial parts of the what you call it? The, the coffee uh, pocket. Coffee pocket. Yeah, so we're both think- starting up our coffee pockets right now. It's a Sunday morning. It's, it's gray, early. It's gray Sunday morning. Apparently, Ben really likes gray mornings. I like a gray morning. You know, it's it's Rosh Hashanah weekend. Uh-huh. I had I had some wine last Happy New night. Year. Thank you. I had some wine with some young people last night, and so oh, young people. I'm realizing that's why I'm a little tired this morning because I was around young people last night, and, and they're draining. Well, yeah, it's hard to keep up. No, I, it's uh, hard to keep up with their banter. They have a different kind of banter. Interesting. Like I was at a, a jujitsu 25th anniversary thing yesterday, uh-huh. and uh, I'm I'm the old guy on the mat, and you know it's hard to keep up with youngsters because they have energy, and I have bad knees. <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, these were all like very nice people in their 30s, uh-huh. and um, you know, like there were just moments where it was very clear I'm 44. And they're 34, 35. Like, uh, like they're they're very smart. Mm-hmm. They like to make a lot of references to a lot of like documentaries and things going it's on in the world. Bad. You know, it's like they're <laughs> they're just like smart people who just reference things. But then I knew my age difference when I they were talking about movie themed potlucks, and I said, you know what I would do? I would bring a dish that was you know, like a cilantro sauce, a cilantro pesto, like topped with cilantro, and that would be my reference to the movie Soap Dish. And uh, Silence. See, crickets. They'll, they're like, that's so funny. They're like, um, what's Soap Dish? And I was like, wow. Not only, am I, not only am I the oldest person here, I'm also the gayest person here, too. <laughs> but I suppose it could have gone another way, you know, like in a different time. You're like, what's cilantro? <laughs> <laughs> it could have. And by the way, I am pro cilantro. I am lucky that I do not have the soap gene. Yeah, I am you pro- soap. You're not soap gene. No, no, I'm I'm pro cilantro as well. Okay, good. Um, Welcome to cilantro la- talk, everyone. Cilantro talk. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm keeping the I'm keeping the non game banter to that was it, everyone. <laughs> because there there was there was enough. We're just there's enough games to talk about. Yeah, that we can't be talking about cilantro or no. young people or or, or or chicken or soap no. dish. <laughs> definitely not chicken and definitely not anything sous vide. Um, how are you doing, Paul? What's I'm, new? I'm doing okay. I think I think I'm doing okay. Uh, I hope it, you're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. I let's see. Anything? Uh, no. Like things are things are hunky dory. Like you know. Survive. Are you saying that because I'm wearing a shirt that says hunky dory? I am saying that because you're wearing. Okay. Well, um, Friday night you played Oathsworn, like, right? The, like there, so. I, oh wait, wait. Before you say that, you know, this is just we're just going to be talking about the games we played recently, but. I am going to say that one game that we are going to talk about, I think, a little bit more than usual. Some would say it's a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a deep dive. Well, but we're eventually going to get to it. I mean, I just want everyone to know we will be talking about The Rich and the Good. And I'm very excited to talk about this game. But first, I really want to talk. <laughs> I want to do- sound so dramatic. <laughs> no, I, well, I want to because, like, it's like, is it a featured game? Is it not? A- all that, all that bullshit. So. 
like if for people who want to know, like we are going to talk about the, the rich and the good. And I hope people stick around for that conversation when we talk about that, because I am really excited to talk about this game. But first I want to hear about like the games we've been talk we've been playing lately. So Friday night, you've been playing Oathsworn. Well, see, it's a bit of a division because like normally Friday nights is uh, Tom's game night. It's normally Tom's game night, but like it this, is, it, and it was Tom's game night. And this, and this, there was a splinter group that played Oathsworn. And, uh, which was a great precedent because now it means that I can create splinter groups to have 18 X X. Yeah. Like, 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 did I cause, did I cause something to like, is this a fracture in the timeline? I don't know. Uh, Uh, Well, if, if I have like a rival game session on a Friday night and Tom feels slighted, I'll say, you don't feel slighted. I'm just following the lead of your brother-in-law, Paul. (laughs) And some of your best friends. Yeah, what's sad too was because like uh, so basically, uh, Jordan, Matt, uh, Robinson, uh, friend of the podcast, and friend David Gilson and I, we we play Oathsworn now. I guess we're Oathsworn people. Yeah, Uh, and we couldn't get together. We haven't gotten together in about a week or two, and we definitely want to keep the momentum. But the only day you're not maintaining your oath that you were sworn by. Excellent. <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, but yeah, and so David could only play on Friday. So, you know, I think I pulled the trigger. I think uh-huh. I got like, oh, well, let's just play on Friday. And so if, you know, if it's to blame, it's me. Uh, okay, and, and then and then Matt couldn't make it, which was very sad. So, what? Yeah, that was, that, was, that was like... I mean, it was Rosh Hashanah. It was, and, he did, is... and he did have Rosh Hashanah dinner. Yeah. Uh, but like... Uh, and then we had to decide. But Jordan and David are Jewish too. Yes, yes, and uh, and, and then there's me. <laughs> and then there's you, honorary honorary fellow Jew. That's right. And so uh, what happened was like we had to make a decision: do we go back to uh, OG game night, or do we continue uh, on this path of like this divergent path? Wow. And once again, it was me. <laughs> Who goes like you know? If it's gonna be that that there are like twenty one uh, chapters in Oathsworn, uh, and I go like if it's gonna be that all four of us have to be available at all times, we're gonna get through this in twenty twenty four of this. Right. Like, yeah. So so we we need to be able to to do this, and there there are modifications that can be done to like whatever. A- anyway, so we went forward again. Okay. And, and you know, and it, how wait. So tell me everything about this game because you know I know it's it's a it's a dungeon crawler campaign something or another <laughs> it, tell tell the people the people uh Oathsworn. so uh like I'm I'm not as you guys know if you've listened to the podcast I'm not the best describer of games well but- we don't need to know every single detail cuz honestly we all know that the moment that we start going into very into details about like how a game works everyone tunes out and does something else so you can just give like the the the, 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 the elevator Paul, pitch the Paul overview uh it's sort of like Gloomhaven you know it's broken up into two parts there's a story part and then there's uh the boss fight part okay and and everything is really simplified to the point where uh I would say it's a little more elegant than uh, Gloomhaven. It gets to the fun quicker. So you you have the meaning that it's like a it's like it's a dungeon. Like you're going you're like going in and fighting fighting things. So so so, so right now like we're in this town. We're trying to figure out various mysteries of the town, and we we go explore and we try to achieve certain goals. Uh, And at the end, invariably there'll be a boss character that we have to fight. So there's there's some fighting. There's some uh, there's some like choose your own adventuring. Fun. And then, uh, and then, and then we go. Wow, that was great, right? That was great. And then we go. Like, Let's do it again next week, okay? And then <laughs> uh, it winds up taking. Uh, I don't know. We started at six. We took a lunch break, a dinner break at eight, and we left at eleven. So oh, 
So it's like a well, I guess with the dinner break, an hour. Or so yeah. that's actually like four hours. Yeah, okay. it could be. It could like it, it, I don't think it needed to be, but like uh, I, I bet you could three and a half, three hours. Like you know, uh, for for the for module two. What makes it take so long? I have so little experience with these mm-hmm. types of games. I played one session of Jaws of the Lion, Gloomhaven mm-hmm. Jaws of the Lion. I played uh, one session of Too Many Bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know any other session I've played. Uh, I think that's it. Like, I think maybe the seventh, I don't know if seventh continent counts in this space. I've played a few sessions of that and really hated it, but, um, I will always, by the way, anytime I bring up seventh continent, I just always have to put in that. I hated it. Thumbs down. I just go out of my way. It's so rude. You are basically a walking thumbs down. Someone spent a lot of time (laughs) making that game and there are people who love it and I just can't help myself. But, um, but yeah, like what, what, is like because I think there are probably a lot of us who have not played these style of games, mm-hmm. and it's like what 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 are you like what are you doing like you don't and not it's not so much about the rules but like what is this experience like like uh, I would say it's a it's like basically collaborative uh, decision making and whenever uh-huh. your people are in a group it's it always takes longer than it should right and so what happens is like. Uh, we're deciding which adventure should we pick, you know, which which path, and that's that's a discussion. And then when we're fighting, like, oh, I should do this and I should do that, and that's also a discussion, like trying to optimize all that. Mm-hmm. And and actually, that's where the fun is. Like, you know, th- th- this this isn't me. Yeah. This isn't me like like crapping on that. It's me saying like, this is where you find your, your fun when you find when you're discussing about what here's a problem. How do we solve it together? Yeah. Uh, and if uh, and sometimes it's like, how should I say it in the best way? You're doing stuff that isn't perhaps optimal, uh, but it's more uh, fun enhancing. For example, I have a character that uh, is like this kind of bird creature kind of thing that kind of like kind of see the future kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So one of the mechanisms of the uh, of the game is like when you battle, you can draw you can draw cards. So I'm just laughing because it just, I just, it just, it just like sort of sunk in on me because I was just like, uh huh, uh huh. You're like, I'm like this bird creature that can kind of see the future. I go, uh huh, yeah. As if like it was like you're like, I just went to Wells Fargo, <laughs> took out a check. I was like, yeah, of course, no bird creature that sees in the future, 100%. of course, yeah, go on. And so like, uh, so you can draw like you know, uh, you can draw cards like the cards that represent uh, die faces, and then again, some of them are, are, are zeros and some of them are threes or whatever, and or you can actually roll die. So the, the deck has memory and the uh, dice do not. And so in some ways, you can kind of like math out what's the best way to, to do this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, well, the deck is not great right now, so the dice are going to be a better use of uh, for the draw. Or you go like, oh, the, the deck is stacked more so that you will succeed, so that is better. Because I'm a bird of the future. Yes. I only roll dice. Oh. N- not because not because That's the, ga- the game says so. Just it's because I say so. <laughs> okay, you're okay. And this is infuriating to, to some people of my party. <laughs> okay, please elaborate on this because one of the things that like is sort of in the back of my mind is ultimately uh, how does the game handle multiple personalities and multiple levels of what is like the nice version of saying domineering? Like what, like for mm-hmm. someone who like, you know, the, the, the always the big thing with mm-hmm. cooperative experiences is they're going to be a quote unquote quarterbacking player. Someone who's like, an, who, alpha like player. an alpha player who everyone says their thing and they go, huh? 
okay, but I think we should do this. And then you all do that. Like, cause that's where I sometimes have checked out in these experiences. And from my experience, you need to find the right group for that. Like, you know, in the end, the exercise is about collaborative decision making. And that does not mean optimal decision making. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at it in terms of trying to maximize fun, fun is a combination of doing well together and doing well individually simultaneously. Yeah. And so like, okay. uh, so it, it does no good if like you, your, your, your party is winning and, and kicking butt and like slaying through all these people. If one person is like having no fun, yeah, you, you, you failed at the two criteria. And so it's really an alchemy of finding the right people mm-hmm. who you want to play with, who want to play the game in that space and are okay with playing less optimally in that way. Mm-hmm. And so like, in, in my in my decision, you know, I decide to role play my person as you know the person because it's fate and kind of like I'm gonna always let the die decide. Yeah. And what was funny is Matt was very uh, on the first game was very like you know you're you're gonna kill our group. I go it's just my who I am. And okay. Draw from the deck. Draw from the deck. And what was really funny is like I, I would go Matt like you know. The deck is stacked, so it's not as good as the die. He goes, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, you know, Matt was playing a healer and he didn't heal anyone. He just wanted to fight. <laughs> and it was all, it was all fine. It was all fun. Right. Because, like, you know, it's, you're not bound to, uh, to the fate of your roles or like mm-hmm. what's optimal. Like, you know, I, I think that's what I find the most interesting about this is that because, like, they're, how should I say, its movements and its intricacies of all the characters are pretty streamlined. They're they're not really fiddly. Like you yeah. can get to the the conversation, the fun quickly, and and that that's the lifeblood of it. Like you know, like you could be part of a group that really wants to optimize, and that might be what's fun to you. For our group, you know, what's laughter is really the uh, that's key for us. Yeah, I I have like in my limited experiences with. Too Many Bones and Jaws the Lion. I, I really can't speak with an authority on mm-hmm. dungeon crawlers, the dungeon crawling experience. But with those two, and in all honesty, with Seventh Continent, and I'm not doing this to be shady to Seventh Continent, one of my issues with the game, those games was there were certain moments, and they happen frequently, of of gameplay fiddliness. And I don't mind like mm-hmm. component fiddliness, even though it's annoying, sure. it's not going to get in the way. But gameplay fiddliness of, okay, what it like things uh, this is i'm making this up right now sure not my not my sentiment but i'm making up this example because i'm mm-hmm. so far removed but it would be something like oh if you shoot an arrow from this space but there's this sort of thing there and there and you have this item on oh it goes an extra thing the, the arrow can go an extra square mm-hmm. but it can't do that if there's this like can that happen can that not happen oh yeah on well, a Tuesday. if you look at this it's and it's like that is for some people would argue that's actually the charm of those mm-hmm. games. Yeah. I think someone I think I recently brought this up somewhere and someone said I actually like that. They like the figuring out mm-hmm. yeah. of like is this legal or not. I find to me it's like it's uh like it's like bureaucracy mm-hmm. yeah, and okay. it, and it gets in the way of that of that gameplay thing because you know I kind of always have this sense and I brought this up I brought up this grievance on the podcast before is that sometimes with these games I feel like they are trying to capture the experience of playing a real life video game. Yeah. And where a video game can take care of all that stuff for you on the back end, you don't have and you can just all the focus business. all the business, you know, like 
it's like we have to actually do the coding in real life you know like when i play <laughs> when i play zelda and i swing my and i and i shoot a if i use my my fire wand sure. against an ice lizard you don't need to code that you know like i just know oh if i use my fire wand against a lizard that's in a river and i'm not saying that i just did this right before you came in but i was literally what i was doing when you rang the doorbell i was trying to kill oh a is lizard. that why i had to wait because you're playing yes. zelda oh that that's <laughs> rude no i was in the middle of a battle i had a very strong lizard i was like not gonna pause it and then like resume it six hours ago like what was i up to again and then there's a giant lizard oh, like fair, trying fair, to attack fair. me it's okay. it's so okay. but like that i but still though I, the, there is a larger point that if i'm if i swing my fire staff mm-hmm. at the lizard in the water the water kills the fire because water kills fire and so it's an ineffective tool and so you, you do it once oh it doesn't work switch to a different weapon mm-hmm. but sometimes in these games it's like okay i've got a fire staff okay but wait but we're in a water environment does this water environment affect the fire staff let me look that up it does okay can i change weapons let me see if i can change weapons or is it too late like that kind of busy work mm-hmm. is so unappealing to me and that's where i always have um, that's where I struggle because I, I like the idea of going on like a group thing mm-hmm. together yeah, yeah. and discussing and coming up with a plan and like doing something and weaving and storytelling and having a character. But it's a lot of times these moments uh, where you're like, the yeah. game has to stop. It's like pause. To, yeah. And you have to say, did my arrow, can my arrow go with that path? You know, like the way I just, I, I see it, like visualize it is like for you, the moment you have to put the pause on your fun, your fun uh, meter just keeps on dropping. And every time someone pushes pause to like do Chrome or whatever, you know, it just keeps on dropping. And eventually you get to this critical point where you're like, no, well, seventh know, continent. Boom. But the thing <laughs> is this though, like I'm not opposed to in a game mm-hmm. having to look up rules. Sure. But yeah. I feel like at, after a certain point, the tutorial should end. And like, if it's constant, like, Oh wait, we're now like a few hours in and we're still checking. Like mm-hmm. that bothers me. No, no. I, and um and but it it's context is everything because if the larger game is so incredibly mm-hmm. fun, I probably would be okay with it. But if there's a situation where um like we're constantly stopping to ask questions, and on top of that, I feel like if I'm if I'm not being heard in this group of like what to oh, do. Always that always that cross because that happens. I've played before with people who are like alpha sure. gamers, and sure. it's like, oh, my input is not no one cares about my input. And on top of that, we can't just like go forward. We have to stop every two seconds. That's going to bother me. No, I, I heard like, you know, I, I think that that is a very valid thing. That's why for me, alchemy is really important. Like you need to really, cause if you're going to go, th- like we tried to play Gloomhaven, like as a group and ultimately we got to like module two or three and we couldn't finish because combat was so, fiddly and it just didn't really speak to uh what our sensibility was like for example if what you described if it was a theme that i loved like like say star trek or dune or something like that Mm -hmm. i would really give so much space for that that i was just about to say that i was just about to say um i would love a dungeon crawler that was not in a dungeon with calling. I would yeah. And like I mean I could do I could do the fantasy thing. Sure. Like I'm totally down. And by the way, I actually had a really fun time playing too many bones uh-huh. that one session. It just was very long. I felt like it was going on and on. I just was getting harder and mm-hmm. harder and just going long. It just was it took hours. Mm-hmm. But um but like I would love to see a dungeon crawler that actually takes place in the real world in some way mm-hmm. or in some sort of 
space that's kind of like cinematic, like sure. in the world of like film noir or sure. like mafia or um, just something really like I don't know. I would I would do no, no farm if there could be a weird farming one that like I don't know. I don't care as opposed to magic medieval murder hobos. The world of you know it's. <laughs> Like art, like the art, like museum heists oh, or sure, sure. things like that. Like, I I think I would actually be way more open to that mm-hmm. because I think it just would appeal to me more. No, I, I, I definitely see it. Like, you know, it's industrial espionage that there you go. Like, I, I think there are a lot of things that can be done. I think people like someone asked me, like, what what world would you like to be part of? Like, you know, if you had to choose, would you pick, you know, here? Or would you pick like? I don't know, Renaissance, blah, blah, or Star Trek or whatever. And I think I always, if I really think about it, I pick Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. So the theme is always like some, something in that, that, that magic medieval mm-hmm. theme always speaks to me for whatever reason. Like, and, and I love a lot of other things that, you know, right. but like, that's what seems to be, it, maybe it's watching too much Conan as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who are younger, like Conan is a movie <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> and a comic not, book. <laughs> not late night with Conan O'Brien. Uh, that's right. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, you know, these are the time of high adventure. Like, so high adventure feels, and that, that's, that's what I've been raised with and like, yeah. indoctrinated into. And I, I was with, I used to be all into that when I was younger too, but I sort of moved away from it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not, I'm actually, um, I, I am actually going to dip my toes into Dungeons and Dragons, believe it or not. I do not believe that. I am. My yeah. friend Christina, you remember Christina from when the the Watcher Crap when Watcher Crap is we had our award show, Christina yeah, yeah. Ariel. She is um she came on and she talked about actually the comparisons of the Real Housewives to the Marvel sure. or cinematic just like, c- cinematic oh. or maybe even Star Wars. But she is going to lead me into. I, I I hope she realizes this. But she is going to lead me into Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm very excited. Well, Matt Matt uh, dove in like you know uh, several years ago. Like he, he was going like you know what? Like there's a nerd badge that I'm missing. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want the nerd badge too. But I also feel like I really enjoy. I like that. I, yeah. I think it'd be fun. And. Um, Maybe it's because there is like a dungeon master. It feels like there would be something actually a little bit more streamlined about that process mm-hmm. of like, there's someone who can just give you the answers of, does this work? Does this not work? Mm-hmm. They know it all. And I wonder if maybe for me playing a dungeon crawler, what I need is someone who has really knows the rules. Mm-hmm. And when situations come up, they can just, they can just say it. Oh yeah. Like, like I remember, like I have a friend who also didn't have this nerd badge and big nerd. Uh, it, not in a derogatory way. This is, you know, and, but he started watching Critical Role, which is a, a YouTube show. About, I think that's what, I think Christina's, maybe Christina's on that. Oh, well then, then, then she's big time then. Let yeah. me see. I'm gonna look it up while you tell your story. Okay. And, and so he is, <laughs> he is now very much into, uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons because of Critical Role. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah, she's yeah she's on she's on that oh so so she's she's famous so that's a big thing critical, it, it, critical role. A, like uh it, it is a big thing like a yeah, critical role uh well good for christina yeah good for, <laughs> and, and she uh she, she um uh, must have what you call it uh, uh she's a voice actress i assume I, I don't know the people of critical role but like you know i don't know anything about critical role except i've heard i've heard of it and i've seen some clips uh, that she's posted on her instagram like, you know and uh there's a amazon show called vox machina that's kind of based on like various uh 
mm-hmm. you know, campaigns of critical role. And so, um, so the reason why I became interested in Dungeons and Dragons is because, um, about eight or nine years ago, there was a, uh, a streamer <laughs> called CISO. Do you remember CISO? I don't remember CISO. It was like NBC's attempt to make kind of like a comedy platform. Mm-hmm. And so they had these various little shows on it. And one of the shows they had on it was Harmon Quest. I remember Harmon Quest. And Harmon Quest, I think it then, when CISO went down, it like Harmon Quest continued on elsewhere. So Dan Harmon, I know, has had a checkered past with various things. But one, this Harmon Quest was, I think it was like a bespoke uh, RPG. Mm-hmm. And basically there was a dungeon master and every episode there'd be like new people on doing this RPG and it was sort of animated yeah, as, I remember that. and it was hilarious. And, um, I think I had always in my mind had, you know, as a, as a young, when I was younger, I perceived dungeons and dragons as this thing that like nerdy kids would do, they'd get together and they'd just do this weird thing. Mm-hmm. And watching that was one of those moments where I realized, oh, there's actually like, it's actually like an exercise in just laughing with your friends. Yeah. And that was deeply appealing to me. Yeah. I, I think you would, you know, I think the format would be suited to you. Great. I think uh, it's just talk, talk, roll some dice, talk, talk, roll some dice. Mm-hmm. And you know, and <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, I definitely do one of those things very well. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like like Tom, Tom, I, I don't know if he's still doing his D and D game, but he was doing a D and D game like with people in Jersey and, and stuff like that, and so like just zooming it, and it was like it. It's about finding the once again because it's me. I'm talking. I'm sorry, guys. It's about the fun. Yeah, if you can find the fun, like you know, games are exactly what you want, and this is. Well, you know what? This I feel like this is a perfect way to transition into an into another game that we played. Okay. Uh, while you were playing Oathsworn on Friday night at Tom's game night, um, we p- wound up playing as the last game of the night because we all we played we all played different games. So mm-hmm. I played with um, who was I? I played with Jason and it was Jason, Dimitri, and uh, our friend John. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played the Rich and the Good. Oh, John showed up. John John went John killed it. He won every single game he played. He was in like yeah, John's was, a killer, yeah, murderer. No, John was John was this. He was in he was in the po- in the pocket. He did great. Um, but we played the rich and the good, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about later. The other table was Tom and Jennifer and Trey and Aiden, mm-hmm. and they played something. I think it was uh, like Thunder Road Vendetta. It looked very Mad Maxy. Okay. It looked very fun, actually, and they all seemed to have a really fun time playing that. And then we played Avalon, and then after that, um, it was still it was eleven o'clock. And we're like, like fast night. You were like, let's play another game. It's like, is this is this time for Tortuga? Tortuga, like, is, are we finally getting it to the table? So, for those who have not heard the previous episodes, um, Tortuga sixteen sixty seven is this game. Um, you can get it at Barnes and Noble. We saw it in Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's it looks it's a small game looks comes in like a box. Uh, Barnes and Noble is a brick and mortar shop where you people buy books yes. and oftentimes coffee, but like really you used to go to the bathroom in the morning. They really and they should sell <laughs> 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 they should sell brick and mortar in there. Yeah. When I say I said Tortuga comes in a box, which is yes, it does come in a box. The box looks like a book. That's what I meant to say. Um, it's from 2017. Uh, the designer is Travis Hancock. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a proper full length game Ooh. in with seven players. And the just the brief overview is that we're all pirates, and um, half of us are aligned to the French, half are aligned to the British, and one person is aligned with the Dutch. 
And basically, we're playing this game and we're doing things on pirate ships, like kicking people off of ships, attacking the other pirate ships, uh, having mutinies. We're people who get marooned wind up on the island of Tortuga and they get into fights with each other. And the outcome of all these actions usually is like control of treasure chests. So treasure chests will wind up over the course of the game in British control, in French control, etc. And when the game ends, there's like all these event cards you have to play through. And when the game, when you, once you played through all the event cards, essentially the game ends. And at that moment, Whoever has the most, like wherever the treasure chests are, if there's like more on the British side, the Brits win. If it's more on the French side, the French win. And if it's equal, equal distribution, the Dutch person wins. So the the twist is that no one knows who is aligned with whom. And so they're pirates because they're pirates. (laughs) So it's like a game of it's sort of a hidden role, sort of secret identity, but it's, it's not quite, it's not like, it's not like an Avalon or secret Hitler. It's not, it's not quite social. It's like hidden role more than it is social deduction. Sure. Um, Tom, the reason why there's a good, you know, this is a a really good segue. I'm going to guess before you freeze it. Tom was so wrong. No. Oh, Tom was, Tom was so right, but, uh, he was in full pirate, uh, role Garb. play. Oh, and he was great. No, he, he. I mean, pirate is really his. That's like really his his lane. You yeah, know? like minor sidetrack. Like so, one of the things that I, I I ask people sometimes is like, would you rather be a werewolf or a vampire? That, that we can, but like oftentimes, would you rather be a pirate or a ninja? Pirate ninja is, is and because yeah. I am I, you know, are you? Would you rather be a a a murder shadow or a, a sea rapist? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's like very obviously ninja. Like uh, like, ninja is like I'm a ninja. Would you, would you like to be someone who has skills, or do you just want to be a loud person on a boat? Yeah, like like <laughs> a thug on a boat. Like and and you know and Tom is such a pirate. Tom is such a pirate. He's he's always been a pirate person. So like so when you say that he's like full that that is his pocket pirate pocket. <laughs> yeah, he is the pirate pocket. He is in it. So, um, so I was really excited to have a full proper game, like because I we had played like a shorter game with like mm-hmm. about five or six people, yeah. like and that was neat. And then we had played an aborted game, which we aborted for various reasons. But then this is the first proper like, okay, we're all in, we're gonna do this. And um, the takeaway was the first half was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was just. I don't know. It was very, very fun. There was a lot of, there was table talk the entire time. I think that everyone had fun over the entire game. But what the thing is that there are just so many event cards you have to go through gotcha. and it goes too long. And mm. it's, just, it's way, it, it's actually so like, overstays. It re, and it's like it really overstays. Mm, okay. Where the point where me, I'm like, I'm really excited for Tortuga to be like a thing mm-hmm. where I'm even, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> and so, um, and the, it's it it stays too long because it just stays too long for the sort of game it is. And on top of that, um, you know, you are I feel like when the game being if when the game is shorter, there's this more of a sense of urgency of like, okay, we've got to mm-hmm. get the treasure chest in the right place. And so for me, I was French, but I was pretending to be British because I wanted to embed myself with the British people sure. and then like screw them up at the right time. But then you're just sort of like embedded for so long and like you don't want to come out too early. So you're kind of treading water. But things are happening. Things mm-hmm. are happening. It's not boring. Things are happening. But um, the the game has 
like a million variants because the designers just want you to have fun with this game. Sure. So if you're having issues with the events, they have a solution for that. They have an issue with this, that. So for this one, they say like, if you want a shorter game, just remove how many cards you want. Yeah. So I would like to give this game another shot and play it with literally take out half of the event cards. Mm. Yeah. Just cut it in half. And I think by cutting it in half, I think it will really be like a great raucous time because it was the first half was raucous and fun, but I think it'll be even better because people will start to unzip in different ways. And in fact, I think the more that people are forced to unzip early on, Mm -hmm. the more you can play with the idea of like, well, I'm actually French. It's like, oh, am I French? Because maybe I'll zip back up again and create like confusion. (laughs) Sure. You know, Uh, know, this is a I mean. Not to always talk about Avalon, but like Avalon is tailored. Like you know, we we I was shoot, about to say you guys have yeah. We've we went through some iterations and we found that this is the iteration that we find for our group the most fun. There's no, another common iteration where rather than more do they play with Morgana and and that changes the dynamic. But like we find that this is best for our group. I I just hope that um uh people are still open to it. Because, like, it really went long, and mm-hmm. after a certain point, it was like, okay, let's move this along. And it's you no, know, it seemed like Trey and Tom and everyone were having fun, but um, I don't know if it's one of those things where now, like, two days later, you look back and you're like, hmm. I, I guess my question great. is, how was Jason? I, I don't, I don't, I'm curious. Jason was, I mean, you know, the Jason, he, you know, Jason was great. I mean, Jason's a very funny player because he'll sit there very quietly. Exactly. And the moment you look at him, he starts to laugh. Like it doesn't matter. Uh, like if he's if he's innocent, if he's not innocent, he just starts to laugh. But um, but I will say this: I was convinced that Trey was the Dutch player because mm-hmm. I was French, and everyone was convinced that I was the Dutch player. I'm like, well, I'm not, but I I don't mind that people think I'm something sure, else. Sure, sure. And I was like, I was like, it's very obvious that Dimitri's French, I'm French, and Aiden is French. And at the end, it turned out Aiden was the Dutch player, which was not like not on any of my any radar. So. Despite it being overlong, there was still a super fun moment of reveal sure. of like, what? I can't believe that. And then Trey got so mad at me. Trey was like, he's like, oh, you're doing the Jesse thing. You're doing the Jesse thing where you're Whoa. so undercover. <laughs> no, he's saying like, because I was being so undercover, like at the, so wanting so hard to not be seen that it was you were at the detriment. But I'm like, I thought it was pretty obvious that I was like, not British. I kept on saying as a joke, I'm British guys, because it was so obvious I was not British. Yeah, no, it, uh, it, uh, but it was fun to have like you still have those moments at, uh, you, at the end of the you're game. You're creating a, a sense of FOMO for me, so that, that, that's 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 good. Um, will you uh, will you play it again with me? Will you help you me don't campaign have to act like that? No, I'm saying right now, like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not, not gonna, I'm not push gonna it right beg. away. I'm not gonna beg. <laughs> but will when the time comes where I say let's play amended Tortuga, will you be? Do will, I have your will, votes? Will, will I second your, your nomination? <laughs> I, I will second your nomination, Ben. <laughs> and I think I'm, yeah, I think I might even, like, I would even be open to, like, going through some of the event cards and pulling mm-hmm. out the ones yeah. that don't work as much or people don't like or whatever. So, um, but I was really happy, though, though that good, we, that good, we good. played it. Yeah. So it was a, it was a good one. Um, any other games that you played recently, by like, the way? I've been playing, I, I've, I've been playing Osworn and I've been playing a lot of Age of Innovation. You uh, I'm the are guy. an age of innovation head. Like 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 uh last Tuesday basically we had only six people and uh people wanted to play uh Lorenzo or what was the other New Zealand. Uh-huh. Uh and I didn't want to uh, I definitely didn't want to play Lorenzo and right. I, I definitely Lorenzo. Yeah, and I definitely didn't want to play New Zealand. And so it was me, Jordan and Trey. 
and we we're going like, what can we play? And there was nothing that uh, the three of us could uh, decide upon to, to come consensus on. And, and, and it's my fault. Like, you know, I just wasn't in the mood. Uh, and so I basically like I, I, I called my friend. I pulled my friendship card. I go, Jordan, we're going to play uh, Age of Innovation two player. Trey, you can go to Lorenzo because I know you want to go there. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and I think that worked out as far. I think Trey won your game, right? Uh, Trey won the game. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, I have, and by the way, I have some things to say about that okay, game. Okay, great. Uh, and Jordan and I played uh, Age of Innovation, and uh, Jordan slaughtered. Like he, 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 he Jordan's a killer. Jordan's That's a killer. Like, killer yeah, slaughter. Uh, but like, what, what was great was like, like when I first started Terra Mystica, I, I really got crazy into it. Like, you know, I was the person who was like reading the rule book and like, looking at the map and like finding like the Terra Mystica simulator and tr- just playing. You know, like. Blah blah blah. Just yeah, uh, and that never worked with Gaia Project for me. Like it didn't. Gaia never captured my imagination that way. But Age of Innovation, it's just like by decoupling, you know, the various uh, elements, it's really cr- started that process again. Where I'm like, oh, this color with this stronghold with this, you know, and and it was it was just really great. Like it, uh, like yeah. I know a game is great for me when. I have so much fun being slaughtered. Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like I, I, it was. There was like we we talk about it, like you could lose the game at the bid. Mm-hmm. Like once you once you draft your stuff and lay your stuff, like, it's possible that like you will not win because mm-hmm. of how things like. And like Jordan and I talk about maybe getting together to uh, with interested people, and we would just spend the whole night just like you know doing the draft. Hmm. And, you know, and just saying like, and then talking about our our placements and how we think it's going to go, you yeah. know, and just because like so much of the game is that, but like, what's really interesting is, it's like it keeps enough of the imagination happening that like, like even even though like I'm, I'm like I lose by fifty points, and 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 I like to think that you know I, I'm one of the better players of, mm-hmm. of this game. I mean, I'm no Lumen. Or or, no. or or not worse, better than Lumen, Tom, because Tom beat Lumen. No, yeah, Tom is Tom is <laughs> arguably the, probably the best board game player of all time. That's yeah. right. Uh, uh, but like, but I, I I do study this game, uh, and it's really I, I just find to, to have that part. Like, I don't really study games that much, mm-hmm. and to have a game that I, I really think about. Avalon does this, Hegemony did this, like Age of Innovation is doing it. Like, you know, it, it's it's really. You know, when you think of a game and you smile, yeah, that, that's that, that's where I'm at with this right now. I need to play it again because uh, uh, this the book, the tone of my because made it sound like I, I was about to say because the first time wasn't great. No, because the first time I really loved it. But but you started at such a low with Terra Mystica. <laughs> I know. I there's something about that system of games where I'm just not compelled to pull them off the shelf. Mm-hmm. But um, but I always have a really good time when I play Gaia Project. Mm-hmm. Terra Mystica, honestly, for me, is a little meh. But um, but Age of Innovation, I had so much fun. And uh, I don't know, maybe because there's like shiny objects in front of me. Like those <laughs> shiny objects of Great Western Trail New Zealand and the rich and the good and other this and that, whatever. And um, I just, I think I, I think Terra, I, I think uh, Age of Innovation is going to go uh, the path of like Terraforming Mars for me, mm-hmm. which is like when I first got Terraforming Mars, I, I liked it, I didn't love it, but just by the sheer act of playing it over and over and over again, because um, that's what I did with my group of friends. And I was, I was like a, I was a very early terraforming Mars adopter. Mm-hmm. As in, I bought it the day it came out. It hit sure. shelves. 
and um, no one else had it because it sold out very quickly. And so there was like three months where no one had it and mm -hmm. I had my copy. So I was like, I was constantly like everyone wanted to play it. So I was constantly <laughs> playing Terraforming, Terraforming Mars games. Sure. I was like, well, I guess I'm playing it again. And like, I love, love, love that game. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the one thing I don't love about the game is that they said there'd be no more expansions. And I bought the Terraforming Mars big box and they just announced um, expansion. more expansions. And I'm concerned that they're not going to fit in my big box. And now I'm like, I'm never going to get a big box ever again because sure. um, that was, a, that was, that was actually like fraud. I believe, I believe. <laughs> I believe they defrauded me and uh, <laughs> I believe that I spent money on something that was going to now have all these things that I've bought and supported. I bought something that would hold mm -hmm. them all nice and cleanly. And then they say, by the way, no, there's gonna be more stuff. And I feel like I, I backed something on false grounds, but I won't sue because I love the game. <laughs> and I did back the new thing. In fact, Tom sent me something last night during Rosh Hashanah about, um, I, I'm just going to read the headline because honestly, I have not had time to read sure, the sure. Uh, article. And so maybe next weekend, maybe he can elaborate on it. But the, the headline is, as I scroll through it, is Terraforming Mars team defends AI use as Kickstarter hits 1.3 million. So I'm already intrigued to see it how they use AI on their Kickstarter and uh, Tom will, I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll circle back to this next week if sure. he's on the podcast. But anyway, um, Amanda terraforming Mars for making me spend more money uh, on things that won't fit in my box. Age of innovation though. Uh, I, I, was, I need to play it more so I can get, you know, like, and I, I say this all the time. Like I'm trying to get as much age of innovation in before our void fall hits our group. Because uh, I, I feel I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone is, and so we'll see how it goes. Like you know, but like my my fear is that Voidfall will take up the big game space. Yeah, and so no one will have the space to play Age of Innovation. But I know I love Age of Innovation. I don't know that I'm going to love. Uh, I'm not a person who really gets into the hype of a game. Like oh, it's going to be so. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm like, oh, let's try it and we'll see. But like it's it's one of those things where like a GNC. Like people were so excited, and I was like, "Going, yeah, not me. No, nope. I wasn't. Uh -oh. Not I, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not it. <laughs> it wasn't me." <laughs> and and I was going like, "Oh, this is not going to be what I want." And the, the, yeah, you know, which is you know that's fine. Like you know, you, people like different things, but like it's so rare that I I want to like a game uh, so bad that I convince myself that I like the game. Yeah, and I think also for me with Age of Innovation, as I've like texted with you offline, like I have like just like my own like weird. This is my psychology. Mm -hmm. Like this is the way I approach life and everything. Um, there was just like I want to push past whatever damage is in my life that makes me resent the fact that like one day we're just a, our game group is our game group, and then the next day it's like. Oh, by the way, Age of Innovation is here as the hottest thing and you should like it, which is not no one said that, but that's how I interpreted that moment. And then my instinct in those moments. Of, oh, yeah. To push, oh, yeah. Fine. <laughs> no, I don't have to like it. And like that has nothing to do with any of the people in our game group. It was just like there was one day where I felt like out of nowhere, everyone said, oh, my God, this game has arrived. Mm -hmm. This is going to be one of the biggest games of the year. This is going to be great. And then all of a sudden everyone was playing it. And I think like there was some element where like this was decided. My interpretation, mm -hmm. rational or not, was That's like right. this was decided for me. That's right. And I have to buy onto this train when I knew like 
I didn't know anything. Like the game just like arrived in my life like this. And I was like resentful. Sure. Sure. I was resentful that like now, Oh, now I have to be all into this game. And it's terrible. It's like a variation on Terra Mystica, which I don't even really like that much. And like, you know what? F this game. And like, that's like literally the stupidest thing in the entire world. And I can't help that. Like I have this emotional reaction to moments like that. And so I do begrudgingly admit that I think that like <laughs> one of the reasons why I have not played it a lot is because I have this weird reaction sure, and yeah. I have to push through it because I had a great time playing it. And why should I deprive myself of like fun because of some weird thing that probably stems to sixth grade? You yeah, know? no, no, that, I, I hear it. Like, I, I wonder if people felt like that when we were like just lauding uh, hegemony. We used to go, oh my god, this is the, this game will change the world. <laughs> Probably. And then people are like, calm down, guys. No, seriously, it's going to change the world. I mean, it's I still gonna... believe it. I still think it, I mean, I don't, I, I'm still waiting for a game to, to, to like, I'm in my mind, you know, I, generally in life, I'm always thinking of year end top tens in yeah, any sure. aspect. I'm like, top 10 frozen food I ate this year. Yeah. But, um, I mean, right now, hegemony is like, my number one. I don't think anything can dislodge it. To yeah, be honest, it's, it's it's good, but this is not hegemony. We've talked about hegemony a lot. I'm not. I'm not here that's to talk right, about right. that. But, 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 but I am. I have a contender. I have a contender. Like it, f- for I'm curious to hear how rich you know your contender is. I know you're curious, but guess <laughs> but, what? There's other things to talk about first. Okay. Cause, cause, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, you know what I got to play yesterday? What's that? That I'm really delighted about? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm here. I'm on the edge of my seat. I played with Candace and uh, and someone named Simon, who I met through Candace, who mm-hmm. is lovely. And now I want to be friends with Simon and hang out with him all the time. But he lives in Toronto. We played. Do you want to, do you want to take a guess? It's a game. It's not a new game. It's a game. It's part of like the, the Ben Quiver that Ben doesn't get to get to the table very often. Oh, that's uh, like, uh, I, I will do you in injustice. You should just okay. Say, we played Magnate the First City. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. I like Magnate. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I know you like it. I know you like it. But um, I haven't, I really haven't been able to get it to the table since we reviewed it like mm-hmm. two years ago. And um, I don't know. I kind of just, I brought it to Candace's. No expectation would get to the table. I'm like, well, maybe. And she was like, let's play it. So we played it. and So good. It was great. It honestly was great. And it reminded me how much I really love that game. And I think one thing that was very helpful was I said to everyone at the start, like, listen, this game has a bubble. Um, A lot of times it's really easy to see when the market's going to crash. Um, Sometimes there's some ambiguity. You don't always know. But, um, like that's built in the game. The designer says sometimes like in life, sometimes it's obvious there's going to be a crash. Sometimes you don't know. Uh, and I said, some people have a real, they really get hung up on the fact that you can see that the bubble is coming and the the game has gotten actually, I think some bad press because of that. They feel they, people feel like, um, when the game's bubble hits, that there's sort of like auto moves. You just have to sell mm-hmm. everything. And by the way, just a brief context for everyone. Magnate the First City is a 2021 game by James Naylor. It is basically like a SimCity game. That's what it feels like. You're ba- you're building a city. You're attracting tenants to move into your buildings. As you do this, land value goes up. And you know, you're, you're buying plots of land, building on it, attracting people, getting the land value to go up, ideally selling for a greater profit and using that profit to build bigger and better buildings. And you want, as you do this, 
the uh, the entire city approaches a real estate bubble at a certain point, it crashes and all the land values plummet. So you really want to get the maximum uh, profits before there's a crash. That's the game. And so um, uh, I told them like, look, it may be very obvious when the bubble comes, it may not be, but just like know that. And it's really about like just trying to make the most money. And we, we had, the three of us had like a great time. Awesome. It was like, it was really rich with decision making. And it was, uh, it was what was so fun. What was so strong about this session was it really reminded me that like, this is not a game where you're thinking like heavily in terms of strategy. You're thinking heavily in terms of like, what are the other people going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you're playing this game correctly, and I do think this is a situation where you can play the game correctly and okay. incorrectly. I think you're claiming it. Yeah. I think that like, if you go in saying my strategy is to do this and this and this and this, you might have a good time. You might not because mm-hmm. you might have a very sort of solitary experience. If you go in saying like, Hmm, there seems to be a real demand for industrial things industrial spaces or i see someone built there i can see this that they might want to build a retail there i want to capitalize off of it the game becomes deeply rich and full of just like full of like really fun interactions Mm -hmm. and a lot of like storytelling and theme and um i was just really happy that like two years later it holds up. It, it held up. I was worried that, like, did I just, like, whip myself into a frenzy about the game because I backed it on <laughs> Kickstarter? You know, I, I saw cost fallacy and all that. And um, and we all had a great time. And um, and Candace's uh, boyfriend, Matt, he kept on walking in and watching. And he was, like, he was like entranced by what we were doing. And sure. he loved it. And he, like, has now told Candace he wants to play it. Oh, that's sweet. That's yeah. sweet. So it made me just really happy to get yeah get this game i really get to the table i think it's wonderful i think really people should not focus so much on that bubble and we did have what was great was when it looked very clear that it was going to crash people were still in people like it looks like it's going to crash but it might not so like what do i do so some people invested and some people in more buildings some people didn't and it was like there was a moment there was a moment of like it could go either way Mm -hmm. so big fan like i think it's one of those things where sometimes things can be decided by chance like like you know you could spend hours on something and then all of a sudden it comes down to a a die roll Mm -hmm. and the question most people have to ask whether it's conscious or unconscious is like am i okay with that Mm -hmm. you know because if you're not that you get like uh then the world is unfair the world is random and you know i don't want to i don't need to I don't need to feel that on my spare time in my spare yeah. time. Or do you go like, oh, here is this life simulator that has no stakes and I can just have fun in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I think those are the two major ways, a spectrum, like, you know, the opposite ends of the spectrum of how to look at it. And so I, th- I think like with magnate, if I remember correctly, I haven't played in, in about two years, basically yeah. like that bubble, like, you could be doing really well. And if you're on the wrong side of the bubble, you've just lost. Right. And I think, I think that doesn't feel good to some people. Whereas like someone like you, uh, you know, who, you know, tends to like, like the drama more than the actual win. Yeah. But also what I liked is because we've played it before Mm -hmm. and in the sessions that have been a little bit more soulless, Mm -hmm where people have like, you can tell people are not quite as into it Mm -hmm. and they're really just thinking about like bottom line when it seems pretty obvious that there's going to be a crash. Everyone just sells all their Mm -hmm. stuff 
But what was interesting here was it was pretty clear there was going to be a crash. But it was not guaranteed because even though we only had sure, two sure. steps left on the crash thing, you know, you pull up some zeros. We had very little risk that be coming in. Sure. And so Simon, you know, he did something crazy. He built the the most expensive building you can get in the game, sure. which is a big office tower. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you're doing that. But it's like right there's the a crash. very good chance there's going to be a crash and you're not going to recoup that. You just spent six million on that and you may not even get the tenants in there. But he's like, yeah, but Candace is ahead of me so I, if i i'm if like i don't do this i lose if i don't do this i lose like he had the mindset like you can't just sell off your properties because you sell off your properties candace sells off her properties you're gonna still be in the same position mm-hmm. i've gotta like hope that this bubble doesn't like okay. and now he's invested in making sure it doesn't crash yeah and i was like see that's where the fascination of the bubble comes sure, in sure. right there and i think that like what, I put this game on my 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. So I got my one play of it on my 10 by 10. It's only September. But the reason <laughs> the reason why I put it on my 10 by 10 is not because I love the game. It's because I feel like there's actually a really interesting emergent strategy in mm-hmm. this game. And like in how something like in those moments of like, yeah, I know there's going to be a crash. I could just sell off my portfolio. But if everyone else sells off their portfolio, I who cares? But like, what if I push what it? if I push it? And what if I work to minimize the risk? then I might actually come out on top. And I think that there's I'm so, I've been so interested to like pull those levers in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to see one of those levers getting pulled really made me happy. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to start playing this game. Dopamine, more. dopamine, dopamine. <laughs> dopamine. Now, by the way, to circle back to the uh-huh. Oathsworn. Yeah. I, you know, I had, I love city builders mm-hmm. and it occurred to me like a city builder campaign, like a dungeon crawler would really, would, would be like my sweet spot whereas instead of you're fighting goblins or whatever mm-hmm. you're building a city like every campaign is about like building your city up and there is a game from 2019 cities skylines skylines is a is a video game mm-hmm. a city building and city skylines is a cooperative city building game that like there's like scenarios and whatever and this kind of makes me want to get that because that could be kind of a fun thing to get a group and build out a city together once once again like it comes down the theme right it's neither star trek nor (laughs) so yeah not as appealing to you oh like i do love my uh city uh city builder games like you know uh yeah i I give it a try like you know i mean look yeah i mean i wouldn't want to force it on you no 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 but um but i i have felt like there has been a space for a proper legacy city building game and i know that there is my city that's supposed to be super fun okay uh like super super fun i should try it but that's my my understanding about that game is it feels like it's more like puzzly mm-hmm. like um and then there was um the the jamie stegmeyer game which i'm i'm blanking on its name right now um charterstone charterstone Right, charter, charter, charter. Don't look at me as if I know. <laughs> but that didn't look very that that was like you're building you're building you have a city, but it didn't feel like city building. So I really want I'm I'm I really think city building is like like could be the ultimate legacy game because cities are legacies. Like city building. Wow, that's some that's some you're dropping some wisdom there. Right? I mean what it like what like when people talk about New York City or things like that, it's all about tearing down, building up something mm-hmm. new. Like it, you are literally you are tearing up the cards as you build a city you know sure, you were tearing sure. no. and like if there's ever a game that is just like meant for like a board where you like are pacing over and over and over and rebuilding and building and, da, 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 and changing it and changing its landscape and like 
that's 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 perfect for city building like a proper city building mm-hmm. legacy you're pitching it man you're you know it. like you know like in this eighth scenario you get to have a stadium it, or it, it, you deal with crime you deal with this and like how you build your city maybe unlocks different paths of of hurdles that your city sure. faces and maybe like at the end of the game like you know like you take a picture of each stage of your city so like you can you can like uh what do you call it uh speed through it and like you just see the city's uh, coming out very cinematic. Yeah, I think it would be wonderful. Um, you you mentioned Lorenzo, by the way, earlier. I mm-hmm. forgot to circle back to that, so I'm done with Magnet. I have nothing else to say about Magnate because everyone's heard me talk about Magnet enough. But um, we talk about Lorenzo on this podcast a lot too. No, but, but this is <laughs> but but this is a new aspect. Okay. Um, so when we played, we played with an expansion. The with the, the fifth column, fifth, fifth tower. No, it's the next expansion. It's called the. Uh, the Pazzi Pazzi conspiracy P-A-Z-Z-I Pazzi Mm -hmm. Pazzi and this was an expansion that came out um, 2019 it was like the Kickstarter and it basically introduces like take that cards it's like ooh you can go and attack each other I hated it (laughs) hated it hated it This game does not need take that. It does not need take that. You are working so hard for every little resource. And you don't, the last thing you need is someone to come and like knock over your tower, not someone to steal the stuff that you work so hard for. Like the only way it works is if then everyone's doing it to each other. Mm -hmm. And like, what if I don't like, it might not be optimal for me to take a card that like, therefore someone has to give me their coins and I have to, but I have to do that in order to have equilibrium in this, like people stealing resource thing. I, I hated it. I don't think anyone should ever play with this expansion. I don't think it, it was terrible it almost ruined the game like the game for me like not like the session but the actual game of lorenzo il magnifico it's, it's interesting because like right now you, you you despite the fact that you are dry-eyed and like passionate all i can see is crying ben going i hated it i hated it, I hated so it. Much. <laughs> I hated it i thought it was i thought the cards were not interesting in their take thatiness mm-hmm. i thought the take thatiness when it came it just felt it just was like true feel bad moments. I thought this was such a misguided expansion. I think it should wow, be. You burnt. Used some strong words there, man. I love it. It, it was it, terrible. It, this is a hot take, everyone. It was terrible. <laughs> you know, I, I got so mad at Tom at one point because he he did he did a thing and it was like everyone pay Tom three coins or lose three points. I didn't have coins. I had to lose three points, and I needed those points, points desperately to unlock one of my. Um, specialty cards sure, sure, what sure. they're called nobles or something so that ruined my tempo and like i wasn't going to win the game anyway but like whatever whatever i had to sort of get me fun wise the next place it just set it back around and you don't that's not good in this game and you know tom hit everyone equally it wasn't targeted mm, towards sure. me but i got so mad and it took me like about you know, 20 minutes to well, kind of get back. And then I was like, and then I was like happy and cheery, but like, I was so mad at Tom. So like, just, just so just to paint the image, like, so there's uh Lorenzo at the big table and it's me and Jordan playing Terra Mystica. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, Age of innovation on the other table. And we're going pretty quick. And Ben wanted to play the quick game. I said specifically, <laughs> I wanted to play light games. I wanted to play quick games and be done by 11 o'clock. And we were here in round two. It was like 10, 15. And then I get hit with tom's bullshit card 
which I know was not directed towards me personally. And it really was, Tom was just doing what he had to do. It was not anything like yeah. that, but I just was so mad in yeah. that moment. Well, what's so funny, because from, from my vantage point, like we're playing, Jordan and I going back and forth. Jordan's a little embarrassed for like, so crushing me. And then all of a sudden, like imagine like like this ice goes throughout the whole room, it's quiet, and it goes, oh, something happened at the other table. <laughs> Uh oh! Someone's having a bad time. (laughs) And then you hear the sound of me grumbling. I was making lots of snarky remarks after that. I was like lots of like simpering remarks. Like, well, that's fine. I mean, I don't have to have fun tonight. Well, remember, I did want to play the short game. That like all all, it all started to tumble out. You you, you started to unravel there. Uh, Well, it's interesting to me because I am, you know, uh, I'm not the biggest lover of Lorenzo. I, I think generally, if you were to graph for our group i would be the low point like i respect lorenzo but i don't love it uh if you had to write a review for it the headline would be lorenzo's oi <laughs> yeah i mean like it I, i'm not in the, but lorenzo always feels a little solitary to me you know because mm. you're just picking you know the only real interaction is like a little denial you're grabbing cards yeah. you make, and so and that doesn't seem to me to me very like like i'm not necessarily invested in stopping your engine right it's no magnate the first city thank you ben thank you like you know like but uh i think our group really actually likes that that the you know making your engine and making it produce points and so in that way i imagine if you change it to something that i would like more like but you're you're putting this like hat on a hat kind of thing where like here's here's this engine building game and then all of a sudden you go like yeah and here's this take that bit you're kind of taking away from from what the goodness of it is. It's lazy. I think it's a... It's, Strong words, Ben. <laughs> no, it's lazy interaction. It's like, oh, there's not enough interaction. It's like what us, it's what Terraforming Mars did. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, not enough interaction. So, um, yeah, you could just like take someone's, someone's mm-hmm. resources. Uh, in Terraforming Mars, when that happens, it's always like an annoyance, but there's just so much going on and there's so much game, like like game length mm-hmm. that you can usually rebound okay. But like with this game, it like it hurts, it's annoying. It doesn't really create real interaction. Mm-hmm. It's just um, like for a moment you have to look up from your board and be like, oh, okay, here's some stuff. Like I think if they wanted to create interaction, they would have like – I think maybe one of the reasons why I've, I've enjoyed a lot of economic games is that mm-hmm. when you have markets and they fluctuate, it's um, it really forces you to anticipate what other people are going to do. Like ha- like I, if I need to exploit the market in a certain way, like what's the timing on that? Because someone else might exploit in a way that hurts the market. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, like, so if Lorenzo could have maybe incorporated a market in some strange way, I think if they want, if they were concerned with bringing more interactivity, it should have been a, not just like, here's some cards that are just like dick cards. Like how about, <laughs> how about like actually like a module that that really forces people to interact like that. So that's why I say it's lazy. They're like, oh, okay, we got this feedback. I don't know if that's the genesis of this, sure. but it feels like it was. Like for me, like I, I, I guess burn I'm, it to the ground. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm saying like if you're if you're gonna make a burger, like you know this is you know then you don't need to add things that are non-burger about it. Like you know, so you could maximize what the burgerness is if you're making this kind of like solitaire engine game like you should add those things as opposed to like oh well i like you know and en- you know this engine thing let's add this like war component to it like you know, like well it's like um if you want your burger to feel like more of a meal add fries don't add another topping sure i i, I hear you and, yeah. and so so once again like i'm not 
I feel like I'm not in love with Lorenzo, but like next to you, like right now, I feel like ah, you, you can't beat up on the game. You know, the, ga- the game is no, a game. You are so happy that I went to this experience because I am loving like, this vitriol. That oh I have no, right I, I love now. it all. I love it. You know, like I was so mad. Uh, yes, but also because I also wanted to go to sleep. Okay. I, I had just gotten over COVID. It was my first time going out <laughs> since COVID, and I had a huge amount of work, and I was like. I'm like, I just want to like, just have like a chill night of games. I can go back to my work. I don't have to be up late because I just got over COVID. And then here we are. Like, like Jordan and I left first. You guys if, left first. And we well, played two games. <laughs> at a certain point, I said, guys, at 1130, I'm no matter what, I'm leaving. Which was a lie. I know it wasn't really going to leave. 11, and we left it. We were done at 1138. But uh, I was like, I can't. I can't. Like, you, like this this game is going too long. And it's like the the, the expansion ruined the joy of that game which is a lot actually no that's a lot i actually still had a lot of fun i'm just now i'm like i've like whipped myself into a tizzy i had fun <laughs> in the moments when that expansion was not kicking in sure sure you no. know but it, it, it the expansion injected a tone of frustration for me mm-hmm. that was compounded by the fact that i wanted to leave earlier and that made me want to leave even more no like like it would be you know you know it wouldn't be cricket of me to to laugh at you in the moment but after the moment it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was a disaster. Um, an, uh, something, another game that I wanted to mention was uh, which one should I? I've, I've got to talk about this one. I was okay. going to talk about Minnow Dice first, but I was yeah. like, no, I have to talk about this one. I played Here I Stand. Oh, did you stand? <laughs> was it? Did you really stand there? It was. This was also another game where I had a little bit of anxiety for needing to leave because we played this. I played this at Candace's house. Candace, Jordan, um, and and others. Uh, we played this the day, like the the Los Angeles hurricane. The hurricane was bearing down. Um, it was that Saturday. The hurricane was supposed to arrive in LA like that night or Sunday morning, and. Um, it created a really fascinating vibe at the table. Sure. Because there was something for me, I shouldn't speak for the table. For me, it was like, there felt like an, like an ominous vibe in the air. Like you see the, the sky getting a little darker, things getting windy. You sort of feel like, and there you stood though. Like disaster was like bearing down on us. And we're playing this very lengthy game. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I need to be doing, I need to be getting my house ready for a hurricane and I'm playing this game. And there was like the sense of dread of like, sure. like my boyfriend was out at the supermarket getting water, getting supplies. And I'm here playing this game. And I what a jerk. <laughs> I felt like made me very anxious. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so here I stand. You've played it before, right? Yeah. Can you describe what it is? Cause I've been talking too much. Okay. Uh, imagine, uh, Europe during the Reformation. You imagine seven factions having vastly different things that they want to do and achieve, and their victories, whether you be England or France or the Papacy or you know the Ottoman Empire or whatever, and then you throw it all in together and, mm-hmm. and see who, uh, who wins. So it's kind of like a historical simulator. Like every, like for example, uh, I think you played. In, in, I was England, uh-huh. and so you, you were trying to have a, a male heir that was viable. <laughs> Yeah, my game was, my game was marrying women and having babies. Yeah, uh, which I, I I that was a big pro for me. That was that on on the check on on the pro and con side. That was on the pro side for sure. Like uh, some other people are like, say, well, another person would be like Martin Luther and like you know, 
Uh, some people are playing the Palpacy, and you know, and and everyone has their vastly asymmetric goals and powers, and in some ways, like you, you you see who can achieve your their victory condition first. Yeah. Uh, in this political, I don't want to say political, but in this time of yeah, people. So, uh, I I played it once, and it's uh, a long day. And if you love that time in history, as far as you know, you just like love. If you all, love Protestant Reformation, which w- who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, uh, but like, if, if <laughs> talk that, about a legacy game, talk about a dungeon crawler. That's that right. We need. That's right. Uh, <laughs> then, like, you you just watch how things, fo- you know, uh, transpire. And there's a great narrative to the game if you're into that mode. If you're into into games, because like, oh, you know what? I'd like to win. That's it's. You know, it, it's like me trying to beat, you know, uh, you know, as a filmmaker trying to beat uh, an engineer who's working at Raytheon or like uh, a, uh, a what you call it, a, a hot dog stand vendor like off Venice. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like how, 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 how do I win and that person lose in a game? Like, you know, how do you make that work out? Uh, that's that's probably less compelling right so like mm. it depends on what you kind of want if you want the big overall picture of like here we're creating history if you go in with that uh we are this is an alt history of how th- that yeah. i think that can be really engaging and people really like that yeah um if you are a person who goes like you know what i just want to like get victory points and win and i don't think the 12 hours is going to be yeah. worth the squeeze i feel so it was pitched to me as a historical ti4 which I thought was really funny. Sure, sure. And um, yeah, I I did not inherently want to play it, mm-hmm. but but Candace was like, "You should play it. This will be fun." I was if like, someone, "Okay, I'll do it." If someone gets the ask, it's Candace. Candace yeah. gets the ask. Because Can- you know what? Like I I I don't know if I've ever had a bad time playing a game with Candace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. Well, actually, there was one game, <laughs> Speaker Stott or whatever it was yeah. called. This, this Stephen Feld game that I not, not because of Candace, but, but no. never because of Candace. But I've been I've been trapped. Yeah. But oh well, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I witnessed that. That was hilarious. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I uh, this is like one of those like big games that's like like big famous war game kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know, all day event. So mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't really know what to expect, and yeah, I and I still don't really know. No pun intended. I don't know where I stand with this game. <laughs> That was not intended. If it should be, like, you know, like, here I stand. No, where I stand. Where I stand. Add a W to it. Like, where I stand. Um, I feel like there were certain things that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, and I really, okay, the things that I really liked about it. I loved the narrative. Mm-hmm. I loved how we were all doing different things, but it felt like we were coming together to create a cohesive, like, uh, whole as a game state. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that the game did that really well. It was really fascinating. And um, I enjoyed the discussions. I didn't, I enjoyed trying to see like, where, where am I going to get a competitive edge? Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised because at one point I kind of like, I lost, obviously. Um, it looked like Jordan was going to win for a moment. You have to get to 25 points in this game. And Jordan was like at 23. And I, um, somehow or another there was like a brief moment of glory for me where i had like ascended to like he was like i was at like 23 points he had like he was at 22 i got to 23 i was like do am i actually gonna win this ridiculous game this cannot be and it was not because aaron uh who was the one most seasoned with it 
he did some crazy thing where he uh he just went and ravaged france mm-hmm. and then just like won so he had he did not have a lot of points so but he another victory condition another victory condition is if you win enough battles you just have an auto win and so he did that and it was very dramatic and i was very happy for it because then i could go home and like (laughs) i could like weatherproof my that's right you can come back to your boyfriend who's like like has the house all and you go like oh nothing left to do okay i guess i'll I'll play zelda (laughs) (laughs) pretty much that's what happened i put some weather tape on on the door courtesy of candace's mat but what I where I struggled with the game was um, the playability of it. Like I struggled with um, the 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 rules fiddliness. Mm-hmm. No, like this I, was a perfect example of um, can I do that? Well, you can do this, but that or like where's this explorer go? Oh, this explorer goes there. Oh, but there's a navigator. It's like everything was. Uh, you can do this, but there's a this. You can do this. You can do, but you can't do that. And I feel like this game would really benefit from like a, um, a, like a second edition or third, I don't know what mm-hmm. edition it's on sure. right now. A new edition with featuring Bobby Brown. Uh, <laughs> it's their prerogative though. Whether they, it's, it's, yeah. No, but one with, with just like better player aids. Sure, sure. Just like where some of the thing, better player aids, better rules, better examples, just better support where it's just easier to synthesize this information and I know people who know this game are like, yeah, but you just like play it a few times and you understand it and then like you you learn it. But I'm like, I it's a 12 hour game. Like what don't give me so many barriers entries to just to take my turn, you know? Yeah. Oh. So I just feel like it needs to like I just need more support with the game mm-hmm. so that way things make more because there were so many moments of does can you do this? Can you do that? Let's look it up on BGG. That was like a little no, it's it's an older style game. It's, it isn't designed oh, for today's uh, what's the word palette. You know, mm-hmm. like so you you have to go to it as opposed to it coming to you. And then maybe there is uh, some value in uh, a, a second edition. I don't. Are there games that come out nowadays for the twelve hour time space? Is that is that a very popular thing? I I don't think it really is. Well, right? I don't. I mean, they they listen. They're still cranking out. Um, they're still cranking out TI four. Yeah, but but that, that has you know it has the legacy of uh, you know, it's a sequel. You could argue that Gloomhaven. Sure, but you know could be. But those are broken up into modules, right? And you're well. Look, you know, eighteen XX games are really long. Um, a lot of these war games are really long. Sure. So I think that like in the niche areas, yeah, it's in the not war game uncommon. Space. Yeah, if you look and at so, yeah, I suppose yeah, and probably a lot of war gamers. This is like just. This is probably what they're used to. Yeah, that's like all these games have like very fiddly rules, whatever. But I just, I just, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I'm like, no, it's a, it's, like, it's oh a worthwhile experience. I, you know, I, I think having played it once, I go like, oh, I, I see what it's trying to do. It's not my cup of tea. Same. But like, if I had the right seven people and we wanted to blow a weekend or or a day and just have like you know barbecue and mm-hmm. whatever or whatever one eats in, yeah. in the Protestant Reformation. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not compelled to play it again. But if Candace were like, play it again with she, me, she I would do ask. it. She would get more asks. She would get all the asks. Honestly, but, I would play it over and over again with her. But um, it's not one that I would be drawn to. And what's also funny is that I remember remarkably little about the experience. Mm-hmm. It was only a month ago. But I'm like, what happened? You know, like the well, like the, I hear that you it could take an hour before you take your turn again. That was the thing. Thank you for reminding me. Uh-huh. That was something that really uh, 
also was annoying was because of the way things worked. I had like three cards. It's a card card based game. Mm, yeah. I had like three cards and everyone else had like five cards and someone had like many more. And like there was, it did take me. Did I tell you this? Is that why you brought that up? I did. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm trying to be a good like uh, co-host Thank you. here. It, <laughs> I spent an hour before my night. It was an, what ha- I had. I played my last card and I sat there for 45 minutes. We broke for lunch. We came back from lunch and I sat there for 15 more minutes. So like I sat there with nothing to do. And I use that time to kind of like try to like, sure. you know, learn the rules and be invested in everyone. Mm-hmm. But like, you're just sitting there doing nothing. Sure. I've never had that in a game doing nothing for an hour before it gets back to you. That was unpleasant. No, no, it, it's, it's rough. It, it, it can be very rough. Like it's one of those things where like, like a 12 hour game like requires something right like yeah. whether you so love the theme something to keep you invested and if it's not the mechanics and it's not your gameplay and if it's not even the company like then it needs to be something i yeah and like the, the company the company got me so far but after a while i was like you guys I like great, i don't want to but... go onto my phone and start playing like the the spelling new york times spelling bee because i don't want to give a visual indicator sure. that i'm checked out uh-huh. but like and honestly i might have done that i don't know but um it was that was that was really annoying. Yeah. That was an unpleasant part yeah. of it. It, it. That was redeemed only because the company was so good. Yeah, no, it's a, it's of a different era. Like you know, well, I I don't want to say it like that, but like you know, it's a, a different style of game than than our group tends to play. Yeah, uh, unless you want to play like Western Civ or something. Like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but the epic quality of mm-hmm. all these different factions that do very different things overlapping in in different ways and creating a, a like a a cohesive narrative mm-hmm. as a whole for the table was great yeah so like, i really there were like a, there were a lot of things i really liked about the game yeah, too. i applaud the ambition of it the ambition's great yeah it really is so but i was happy to try it yeah and no. you know who knows maybe i'll play again maybe you know maybe who knows, know. <laughs> who knows? but um, it's no minnow dice it's no minnow dice <laughs> but i don't minnow dice is great i love minnow dice we played it it's yeah. like dice trick taking game but i i want to now move on to the rich and the good sorry i i know I, 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 I know yeah <laughs> talk about minnow dice another time i bought it i liked it oh, so much i bought it it, it did it come in yeah it arrived oh okay. my happy uh, minnow dice arrived awesome Beautiful. so it's like we'll talk about it. it's it's fun super fun people should buy it it's like you can't have a bad time with it i don't think sure sure um so the rich and the good and the ugly and the, the rich the good and the ugly <laughs> So this game, um, of course, I don't have the information pulled up. I've talked about it before mm-hmm. on this podcast. I talked about, I think the last time I was on the podcast, um, I talked about how the game, I had picked up a copy of the game and yeah. I was really happy. This game is a, is, is basically the English language version of a game called Habengut from 2008, uh, designed by Carlo A. Rossi. And now I, I don't speak German, but does it translate to the rich and the good? <laughs> I think I feel like Hob is have the have and the, the haves the haves the haves and the good I don't know I don't, I, know. I don't I'm German. not German I took German on Duolingo for about six months eight years ago so that's really my only context okay, well, there you go like no follow through <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other therapy <laughs> session that's right um so this I believe this game has only been available in German oh okay and on top of that it's been out of print for years years okay. and years gotcha so it's like sort of graily and um it was just released this summer uh in august by aries games 
Mm-hmm. And I, this has been on my radar for years. I've been yeah. subscribed to it as an item on BGG for years and years. And it's a financial game. It's a stock manipulation game. And um, I finally got it. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I was ex- I'm like, please let this be good after all these years. So um, can you describe a little bit about how the game works, Paul? Sure. Like, uh, basically, there's a stock market. And uh, there are a bunch of cards. Uh, and I'll, I'll explain geog- geographically where soon. But like, and you bet on your turn, you manipulate uh, the stock market. Like beforehand, you get to buy yeah. uh, like stock and then you get to manipulate two two stocks or two but two, can you actually can you just say broadly oh, what it's about oh, like it's, what like if you're saying like it, what is this game about the, the game is like basically uh manipulating the stock market to maximize your uh your portfolio mm-hmm. so basically uh you're gonna buy some stuff you're gonna then uh sell it at a profit hopefully yeah because <laughs> that may not be <laughs> entirely up to you uh and whoever has the most money wins except like because it is the rich and the good you have to donate some to charity. And it turns out that if you do not, if you are the person who donates the least, or in our case, the person who co-donates the least, <laughs> uh, like you are not eligible to win. Yeah. And you're so actually el- you're eliminated. Exactly. So, so that, that simplicity of it, of basically you, you got to make some money, but you got to be good enough that you're not the worst. Uh, that is the game. And, yeah. and the mechanics are so simple. They're so simple, and uh, it really gets to the fun real quick. So, yeah, I mean, and so the mechanics, as you started to say, was there's like there's a, the board in in front of you. It's just a stock market. Like there are six commodities, things like it's like rubber, salt, tea, coffee, coal, and wheat. I think are these six commodities that you can invest in, and the board is just a track. It's six mm-hmm. tracks. And they all started at, they're all worth $40 when you start. Like, that's the starting thing. And the track, their value can get as high as $250 per stock, or it can drop down to zero. And you just, you want to buy the, you want to buy low and sell high. And so what happens is every round, you have an opportunity to either buy stock or sell stock, which is also fun because you have to time it, right? Like you, you can't just like sell some stock and, and buy, buy some, mm-hmm. like you're either buying three or selling three. And, and then you can only buy or sell three max. Right. And then when, after you do that, you have the opportunity to donate in private to charity. And the way this works is that the money is, um, I'm sorry, the stocks are all, the stock cards are all, uh, singles, what is it, single sided? How would you, sure. they, so basically you, the way you donate to charity is you take one stock from your hand and that and it has like an image of the commodity of like the uh of like salt and you put it face down on your player board and you're, you're basically saying i am committing this to charity this one stock that i know that you do not right no one knows what i've done but i've donated to charity and so um that's like what you do and then after everyone's done all that stuff then we manipulate the market and this is where the like the gimmick of the game comes that's, in that's and the it best is of phrasing it and this is like this is this is so good. I cannot believe we've never seen this in any other game. Like I've never seen another mm-hmm. game like this. It is please tell please please tell the people about the gimmick. 
Okay. So imagine a rectangle board, and on each side of the rectangle, there is like uh, like Scrabble. What's, what's that called? Like a stand. A stand. Like a card stand. Yeah. And, and, and so you put like eight cards on each stand. And everyone, every player sits at a vertice of the of the what you call it of the uh, they're board. in between two yeah but they're just in between two yeah. of the stands so, so so because of that here I stand each <laughs> where I stand where do I stand uh, each player gets to see two of the stands and those are where they get to. Um, from drawing those cards there, that's how they manipulate the market. The cards will. The cards will give you abilities to manipulate the market. Exactly. And so, like, and you have to pick from each stand on your turn to manipulate from one stand and from another stand. Both stands, you need to pick a card from each stand. Uh, and so, the gimmick is that each person sees only two uh, of the of the stands. So, everyone has incomplete information. And person, I, just, well, I just want to say, I just want to clarify, these cards say things like wheat is going to go up yeah, six, six notches or minus six or, or salt might go down four. So when we say like, oh, we can see these cards, what we're seeing is we can see the how different commodities are going to move. And, and also know all these cards will be played. So uh, it's very important because you know, like, oh, here are, here's a minus six. Eventually, salt's going to go down minus six. You have some influence. Like, you may be able to control when it happens. But the person to your left or right might be – who the other person who shares that information with you might use it. So, like, you are kind of aligning yourself in some ways or fighting against the people to your right and left. And the person to your uh, – to diagonal from you has no stake in what you have except right. for the fact that you are all sharing the commodities yes so. and on top of that the way it works is when it comes time to do some market manipulation you must play a card from both stands exactly like one card from one stand one from another that you are adjacent to that you are physically sitting in between and one card you play at full full strength the other one is at half strength so you might have like i might play a card that says salt goes up by six. And then there's another card on, on the other stand that says T goes down by six. But I, since I played salt goes up at six, like a full strength, a full strength, the T will therefore only go down by three. So you are also the way that you're kind of like working with the people next to you is that you're hoping that they're going to do, they're going to play certain cards at full strength and certain cards at half strength. You're hoping that you're going to be in in line because you can't be like, hey, play that at full and that at half. You just sort of like you can the way we've been playing it because it's not explicit is like you can sort of have vague talk like I feel like we should partner on this. I feel like there's something good we could do here, you know, but you can't. So so there's like this element of like I I, I the inf- I see information, but but incomplete. It's incomplete. And I also don't know how it's fully going to be used. Exactly. Uh, I think what is great about the game is And by that, the way, that's the whole game. Yeah. yeah that's uh, the whole game. Uh, yes. And, and so ultimately, the, the amount you donate... Oh, wait. I'm sorry. There's one other aspect, which is that um, every commodity has like a certain... Has the same amount of cards as ten in cards. like... Ten, yeah, ten shares. Right. As in like every commodity has two plus six advancements oh. and one minus six advancement. Everyone has a pl- two plus fours, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't use the full deck of cards. So you cannot guarantee that that commodities, like if you see like a plus two for, for wheat, you're not, you don't know if there are any other wheat cards, wheat cards. Yeah. 
you know, because they're not all going to be played onto these stands. Yeah. So that's the other thing I wanted and, to say. And there are only 10 shares of each stock. So like mm-hmm. if, so, someone, if someone's buying all the shares, like so what comes out of the gameplay is basically you're watching what everyone buys because what people buy may indicate what stock the stock is going to do from the information that they can see that you can't. Yeah. And everyone's doing it to you as well. So, so the game is really kind of like not only playing the board, but playing the people. It's a hundred percent the people because you are, you know, your gut instinct is to say, Oh, I see this information. I'm like, I'm going to invest in this. And you sort of keep that in the back of your mind. You also want to like find out like, Hey, like it's very obvious to me that T is going to explode. But why is it that like Dimitri to my left? Why, if he knows if T is going to explode, so why isn't he buying, (laughs) but why isn't he buying T cards? What does he know that I don't know? Right. And like, it's about kind of like trying to figure out what people are doing or it's like their speculation, especially with a person who is, diagonally across from you you don't know anything that they know so you really are trying to get into their mind and like well they're investing in this way which means that they must know something but they may be investing in that way because they think that you know something and you guys could wind up both yeah no like on spec investing in something that's so i clearly cannot choose the poison in front of me right (laughs) or maybe you don't want to reveal the poison in front of you because you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to like give away the information Mm -hmm. you know so you don't want people to like invest 100 percent. like so the way I see it is like, you know, this is what I, the type of game I describe as above board. Like, you know, it, there are people, there are games that are in the board, but there are games that are above the board where you're playing the people, the, mm-hmm. it's an emergent play. And there's so much fun in this because you're trying to get into the minds of your friends or your, 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 your co-players. At the same time, you're stuck with only the information that you know. Yeah. So like games of incomplete information really, in some ways really replicate the stock experience Mm -hmm. because you don't always know how things are going to go up or down you're trying to maximize when you sell uh and try not to lose money but like like the way i describe it is like this is a game that gives you influence but absolutely no control yeah (laughs) and and if you can live on that like on that bull or bear depending on how you know Uh the, the market goes like if you can find joy in that this is for you like i you particularly, after playing this game, like you know, uh, with Mike and uh, uh, the first time I played was with Mike, James, and um, someone, uh, Tim? Mike, Mike's friend. Okay, uh, whose name I'm sorry uh, escapes yeah. me. Uh, but but Mike brought a friend to game night, and, and, and the four and, of us played. And you were just beaming from across the room, and like you know, you come like you're like, oh, you're gonna love this game, Paul. You're gonna love this game. I was <laughs> going, okay, calm down, Ben. You're gonna love this. Game. It's such a Paul game. It's such a Paul game. All right. <laughs> well, because it was such. It was, it was by the way the perfect game to play with James. So mm-hmm. James is a friend of the podcast, and we always talk about James as the microchip brain. But James's microchip brain was like. In full force in the best way. Like, because he, you know, he, James is a very social player and he often will talk about, you know, we, we start talking about scenarios. Mm-hmm. And the more in this game you talk about, could be this, could be that, the game really comes alive because you're also kind of trying to get into people's heads too, because sure. you kind of want, you want people to do certain things. And in that first game, what was really fun for me, what the moment I realized, like, oh, this is a good game, was James and I were sharing a stand and um i we had like a lot of um a certain commodity like maybe coal there were a lot of like plus cards but there was like a minus six as well so in my mind i'm thinking 
I was, I was, James was a first player. I was fourth player. So I was, in my mind, I was like, oh, let's play the negative six coal first. Mm-hmm. So that way we, we can really buy, buy cheap. cheap and then we get all those positives. And, um, and that'll be great. But I go in fourth. So James starts and he just buys coal right off the bat. I was like, oh, he wants to do all the positives first and not the negatives. But then I'm nervous because it's like that negative is going to have to be played. And like, maybe he knows he might know more about like, there might be more positive coal, but I don't know if there's, so I don't, now I have worse information about when coal is going to bottom out, Sure, sure. you know, as opposed to flushing out a negative early on. And so just right then and there that I now had to be thinking about what does James know? And, oh, he did, this is the tempo and this, and now I have to think about when I have to get out of coal. I was like, oh, this is a good game. Yeah, no, it, it it cuts to the fun quick, really quick, like, immediately. Yeah, like, it, like you're you're the moment like you know the moment you play like you go oh what's how, what's the rules okay and you pick the first card you play it and then you pick the second card you play it and then you watch the next person do the same thing. It clicks. It's like within two two moves it clicks. You go like oh crap. <laughs> I played it uh, you know like I, I, there's a there's a complete game that I thought it was and what it is is like completely different. And um, it's like. What's also fun is if you get to a rant like two rounds later and if, especially if you're later in turn order, like being late, being last gives you a lot of power because um, you get to see what everyone does. Being first gives you power because you get to first, um, first pick, first pick and you also first pick of stocks and you also get to do first picks of um, uh, manipulations. But because um, there were so many times when I was last, I was like, oh, I wish I could like I wanted to play like that mm-hmm. card first and it wasn't you know mm-hmm. yeah but um uh uh i don't remember what i was gonna say i just whipped myself into a frenzy about <laughs> <laughs> i got myself so excited you know what this means i'm in the coffee pocket yeah, i'm officially yeah, yeah. scatterbrained um but uh there were so many times being later in turn order where um i don't remember no. i just well, <laughs> i was well, kill- i was i was just I was on the edge of my seat waiting to see how things would turn out. Yeah, no. oh, oh, you know what it was? When people would suddenly sell things mm-hmm. and you watch people selling things. And like, I see that there's a positive for this commodity that everyone's selling. And I'm like, but what they, do they know? What do they know? Like, what do they, do they, have they decided that now is the time that they want to play their negative cards or do they even have negative cards? They just don't have any more information. They're going to sell it. Like knowing when to sell is also a very fraught experience. Yeah, like uh, our second game of this, we're playing with some friends and uh we have one friend stacy and she's just a murderer when it comes to this stuff. like she, she takes she's some so big dead. swings she takes some big swings and when they pay off you're like going oh my god like you're fearless you're fearless but you know uh but uh her partner was there and john who we had mentioned yeah, before yes. who came uh, to game night yeah and what was hilarious is that he was not going to win uh but uh they had played it in such a way that they were in jeopardy of not donating enough to charity. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a pin in this yeah, yeah, yeah. because one thing that happens in this game is there's like, there's like a half, there's, there's half, half time. Yeah. There's half time. Yeah. Okay. And like at the halfway mark, everyone, all the cards have been played out of the stands and we flip over what's been donated to charity and we cash that out and we put money in our charity pile. And that's the first half. And then, so now everyone can sort of see. Has a sense. W- has a sense of like ha- what they're doing, how they're doing in the charity game. And if you're far behind, 
it's scary because you know you've got to pick it up. But if you're in the front, it's like, tricky because you don't, don't know how much. complacent you can be. That's right. Because giving the most to charity means nothing. It's only uh, it's only the last person. So there was a point where John wasn't giving to charity in the second round, and then all of a sudden, at the very last thing, you're like, "Hey, John, you're in jeopardy of uh, of uh, being knocked out because not." And so he he, he puts one stock in, and at <laughs> the, think, yeah, we were both like John, you because he had only he had only donated two stocks, yeah, and we're like, "You're gonna be don't get complacent, John." And so what happens is like that one stock brings him up to the exact amount that Stacy had. So like by the end of the game. So so by the end of the game, they were both co least. They're both co not goods. Yeah, which is to be able to tie on the charity front. Like obviously it must happen, but it's like it's threading the needle. And 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 Stacy had so much money; she was going to destroy us. But like because of what John did. He knocked him out and Stacy out. <laughs> so then it was the two of us, and yeah. then you won. And, and then Stacy was like, "Yep, just like you, John, just ran into me to get, take the win for me." <laughs> but because he obviously didn't think he was doing that, yeah. but like it was this amazing, dramatic reveal of you know, like oh, and it was like we're laughing, well, like, like and- yeah, he had to play the right stock that would happen to be at the right like uh value value in order to knock stacy out but he couldn't know like you know no but it was it was amazing and the fact that they're a couple and they're sort of like a competitive couple it was so perfect like it doesn't it didn't even matter who won it was more about like this amazing epic moment and anytime a game can create an epic moment like it's always yeah gonna do resonate with me it's a quick game like you know like you get to the fun quick and it's quick so like it never overstays Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not as quick as you would think, though. Like it's definitely it's, like it's about an hour game, more like ninety minutes. Yeah. Like I've played okay. ninety minute and two hour versions. Like okay. it can definitely go. It can be quick. Mm-hmm. It can be quick. I think in its best version, it's actually at ninety minutes. Because if it's at ninety minutes or two hours, that means people at the table are talking, mm-hmm. and it's the only reason why it's slow is if people are talking and really thinking about their decisions and getting into each other's heads. Which means the game is is really firing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's like like per. Per investment in rules to fun, it's really high. Yeah, it's, it has a it has a really high fun density. There you go. Yeah, um, I just talking about the charity thing. I want to talk about that because the decision of how to manage your charitable donations is a is a big part of this game, and it's an agonizing part because you only there's eight there's um there's eight turns in the game, mm-hmm. and you right it's eight turns. Yeah, it's eight turns. Yeah. And you only get to donate on your turn and you can only donate one card towards charity. And so that decision of what you put towards charity is really hard and it becomes really hard later on the second half because you you want to keep high value stocks for your portfolio. You want to be able to sell those stocks so you can then have a lot of liquid to then buy expensive stocks. Because in the second half of the game, Stocks are there are a lot of stocks that are at a higher value, so they're expensive to buy, but the upside is even higher because they have they get bigger and bigger jumps. It's not even like like the mid tier prices increase by five every every slot, but then later on they go up by 10, 15, or like twenty or thirty or something sure. like that. So like if you buy something at um at like two two ten. It's going to go up. I think it goes up forty or something to two fifty with just if it just goes one notch versus some that are really low 
that only go up by five for each increment. So like you want to have huge amounts of cash. So like reserving that for charity feels like such a waste. But if you don't, you, you gotta you be good. Lose. You gotta be good. You yeah, got it's yeah. like that's such a fun rich decision right yeah, there. Yeah. And also the halftime thing is great too. Yeah, no. Because not only are you seeing where you are with, with your money, but there's a full reset. We shuffle all the all the market manipulation cards mm-hmm. and we set up the easels all the the stands all over again and now you're like do like is is something going to keep on skyrocketing? Like everything kind of can reset in a way that's mm-hmm. like you, this. And now you have some information. And sure. so now everything becomes the stakes just raise. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one of the things that I find really interesting about this game is like during that reset, you could lose the game. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like if all the cards just come out, like if, if you've invested in a portfolio is one thing and then you just had the worst flip, like, because you know, not all the cards are used. Right. And so the cards, you know, uh, what makes it great is that you still don't know. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> and like, do you go into do you go into halftime? Like, uh, do you do you sell a lot of things going into halftime so that way you have cash to invest in? Like, mm-hmm. you, you see, you can you have you now have a new view of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So do you have cash ready to go, or is it because of that new view? you're like, oh, I shouldn't have sold that stock because mm-hmm. it's about to explode upwards. So like, because you. Yeah, it's no. like like so that there are these you have to follow your instincts right. like you can play it well but it's still gambling it's uh, still gambling uh, and so so you could lose you know like like someone could get a better hand than you and you and you're just sorry you've lost and they've played it better than you there you have such you have influence but you do not have control right and, and so if you can live in that space this is what you know but this is what like uh poker players play right mm-hmm. like you know here you have all you do, you can't control your hand. It controls your bet and like what you choose to present. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know the difference. There is a skill in that. Right. It's just not control skill. <laughs> but there's also so much comedy. hundred uh-huh, percent. Because like there's so much laughter in this game, or there should be laughter. If there's not laughter, then you might be taking it too seriously. But there's so much laughter in, you know, every time every, when I played on Friday play with jason mm-hmm. I, who i said before like you look at him he starts to laugh and uh, he's also he's also a little bit of an agent of chaos mm-hmm. like I, and anytime i play a game with jason i never know what what yeah, crazy no, thing no. he's gonna do and so you know he will reach for a card and you're like what's jason gonna do and then he'll like, play like a negative six and you're like and he just starts laughing and you're like oh man jason just got me and then you know the value of tea drops and everyone's like, Oh, you know, but then something does really well and then people cheer. That's a very, very interactive and very rich and good mm-hmm. game. I think. And I think this is also the sort of game that I think would, I don't know if it's eligible for it probably is not, but like this would do well with like spiel de Yaris. I know like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't care about spiel de Yaris. They feel like, it's, not, it's, it's the lowbrow. It's like mess. The, the whole system is kind okay. of messed up. and doesn't make sense, which is true. But that being said, I feel like that's that's how good this game is, I think, yeah, no, in it, terms of like, I think it's like an award. It could be an award winning mm-hmm. game that like people should know about. Yeah, no, it's it's so like for what it is, it is arguably the best version of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like if you want this experience, it does it quickly, cleanly, elegantly, quick, quickly again. Quickly is like uh, the rule set is so simple. It is absurdly simple. It's, it's it's so like this is like in in ultimately like my preference is to play games that reveal character. 
mm-hmm. and you know this reveals character yeah <laughs> like you know, like you, you can get you can get upset at this game and it it, it it can reveal something about you like you're like and it, definitely your relationship with randomness <laughs> Right. But also like, um, it is also interesting how you have these sort of coalitions with the people mm-hmm. next to you. And it's like, are you working with them or is it because you see what they have access to? You might be working against them. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, they're doing well. And they've invested in this mm-hmm. tea that has a plus six. I'm going to, I'm going to turn that plus six into a plus three. I'm going to try to like that. I don't want them to get that full six value. Yeah. Or you're saying to yourself like, well, we both know this. So if we both invest in tea let's go together, let's we can right work together, you know, uh, no, it's, I think uh, I won the first game because was it you? Someone was was on my team and really helped me pump up stock in a way. I think it was me. Yeah, yeah I think I because yeah. we didn't know. Like, and then and then you know, like it, it worked out well. But like the meta changed so quickly by the second game, where like, oh, I can't like if we do well. Like, you know, I'm, I'm making it a 50-50 chance that, like, you know, so the, the, it's, it's and, evolving. And the board changed, too, in, by the by the next play, because the game that we played with Stacey and John, the first half, a lot of the stocks plunged. Mm-hmm. We had, I, I don't know if it was the flop or the way we chose to play the cards, a lot of our commodities were in between the 0 and 40 area. They yeah. were just, like, low. And then eventually, by the end of the game, some shot up. But then on Friday, by the end of halftime, almost all the stocks were, like, very high and so you had uh and john was like wow this is the board looks completely different than the last time we played and i was like yeah and that's that is cool yeah that is cool that like because if the board if the market's different then all the interactions around the market are going to be different in the way you view your neighbors and the way you invest and how you approach it so to see that dynamic quality was like very exciting to me so it sounds to me like you think the game's okay <laughs> I think it's a wonderful game. Like I think this is this is like a sleeper hit of this year. And sure. and it's from 2008, but in my mind it's a 2023 game because it's never been there's never been an English language sure. version, I believe. And I think this is like this game is coming out right when there are these age of innovations in Great Western Trail New Zealand's and you know Nucleum's coming out soon and whatever Essen has in store for us. And I think this game this game like this should be a game that everyone's talking about. Like, I don't know why people are not talking about this game more. Like, this is, it's, it is so good. Like, I think this is going to be a top five game for me for this year. Like, this could be, this could, it could be a number two behind Hegemony for me. Like, I like it that much. And Ben's like, you know, and if you want to buy it, click on my affiliate link. <laughs> no, for real. I mean, I mean, not, I, not, nothing's going to dislodge Hegemony for me. Yeah. But like, this one, I think is, I think it's, I think it's, wonderful yeah no it'll hit, it'll hit my top 10 definitely yeah. yeah i mean i don't know i mean well i know it's it probably can't compete with age of innovation for you oh true like you know uh like but they're different things right like yeah. sometimes you want a steak and sometimes you want a candy bar yeah i mean i feel like i mean this year i would put this i would put i mean red cathedral is not of 2023 so it would not be eligible for a year end but in terms of like games that I, new games that i played like mm-hmm. a red cathedral is still probably better than this to me i love red cathedral but i think for what this does like it's amazing i I would say once again density wise like fun density this is probably the highest yeah like you know like it it, but you know it's only so long so like you know you can't have like other games have more fun overall but as far as density Mm -hmm. this is probably and this is such an accessible game too like Mm -hmm. uh that first game i didn't the the uh the new person 
I didn't know what his like background his was. gaming background mm-hmm. was or what was accessible to him. And this was just perfect because like it didn't matter. We like you anyone can play this game. Sure. This is I could play this game with my parents, I think. Wow. I think so. I think this is because at, at its core, it's, it's like buy low, sell high, mm-hmm. you know? know? Um, and and there are there is this genre of games where that have like a bust quality to it. Like QE, high society. Uh, there's a new one. Uh, there's a new one. There's another one out that's like, if you don't do this, you bust and you're out. And I think this is my favorite of them so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, no, like uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a fan of QE as I, I feel like, you know, I, I love QE. How dare you? Do you love QE? I love. I think QE is. Oh. Hol- I've every time I play it, it's just laughter. There, like, it's so much fun and laughter like is it is it i've never played it with game branders though like like I, I i've i've claimed that like it's broken in a way that is not great that that becomes grindy and then i think jennifer said like yeah you just can't play that way but like you know but it, but you're you told this to me before but remind me what is it that like just the table conspires against one person so so basically you have a number of people right and whoever uh has paid the most for stocks, something like that. Like, and so, if you just if someone bids, like, say, a hundred, everyone bids one dollar from that point on. That it doesn't matter how many uh, the person who bid a hundred stocks get; they can't win, or you know. So, like, would you rather fight against four other people or three other people? So, it seems like intuitively, you kind of want to, you kind of want to like reduce the amount that you uh, spend. Because you never want to be the person who bids, you know, such a high amount. And slowly but surely, if, if people keep that uh, that thought process up, like then you're now grinding between like one versus ten dollars at most. And so like the, the, the space gets compressed so much that it becomes a real knife fight. And I don't know if the game itself warrants that knife fight. Hmm. But like Tom disagrees with me, you know. Uh, well, yeah, it makes me want to test out mm-hmm. a way to break that because ultimately you still have to win so you like you still need certain you still need to win certain tiles yeah. and so you have to pay but you're just saying bid for them just don't bid yeah. more than like like like, like like if, if like what is the number like so let's say in this case like i bid 100 and there are four other people i go like well if our bids never exceed five dollars you know then even if paul wins all the rest of the stock like he loses immediately Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the next game, I go like, well, I can't bid a hundred. If if you guys are going to play this way, I'm going to bid fifty. And then they go, well, if it's fifty bucks, then like we'll still do the same thing until I get to the number where uh, people go like, oh, well, like, we have to bid at least this much. So then, rather than from like zero to infinity, the answer is actually between zero and some number, probably under fifty per mm-hmm. per stock, and probably under twenty. At which point, now the space is so compressed. Is it really is it really fun in the same way that you know people have talked about? And the answer is like I don't know. We gave up on it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, because um, I can see that meta falling apart. I can oh. see it falling apart where someone bids like a million, mm-hmm. like something ridiculous, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, then everyone's doing the small bids, and then someone's like, "Well, I want to win. I need to get a tile." Because like Paul's gonna be eliminated because he bit like a million, but I need to I need to win this top for my combo. Yeah. So everyone's bidding, you know, it's like okay, I'll I'll everyone's bidding like five dollars to say yeah. I'm gonna bid twenty five. Sure. It's like okay, I got it. 
And now you're saying to myself, you're saying to yourself, well, I could probably just keep on bidding 25 or whatever. And then someone else bids like 28. So now you're going up higher and Mm -hmm. higher. And I just, I can see, yeah, I guess you're not hitting a million, Mm -hmm. but that's also maybe the error of the the person should not have done a million in the first place. And this is what happened to our first game. Someone bid like a a billion dollars or something like that. And it didn't matter what any of those. So, so that, that, what you call it, that, uh, that constraint disappeared in the first game and so then that person will never do that again and so like you you just start dominating the constraint price whatever that mm-hmm. constraint, and and it, i believe it winds up you know becoming lower than you would think and it's but that's sort of the game though so like if you you realize like oh i can't bid for something wild like that like mm-hmm. the wildest bid i can really get away with is like 100 well, so so then if you go 100, they're only like how many rounds, right? They're like six rounds. So if everyone bids no more than 20, then like, then the 100 becomes too big. And then it goes, it compresses even more. But no, but if everyone bids like 20 on something, uh-huh. okay. But that means that then no one's, no one is, um, like people need to get a, oh, a competitive so- advantage. This is the same thing as Magnate, which is like, at a certain point though, you have to start to put your neck out there sure. to actually to win so so, so, so if, if you're okay with like okay we all take our turn bidding mm-hmm. this amount and then we'll see who wins mm-hmm. that's fine but if you want to actually ensure your victory suddenly you start spending and i think the game is qe where it becomes interesting is that like where people lose sight and they don't realize the debt that they're building up so so they're, they're making a mistake but, but like but, but the person who bid the hundred or whatever they're not going to do that again because if, if they become the ceiling so then that their ceiling be, so that the next time it's played the person who creates the ceiling will go like oh i'm not going to do that again so like I, i'm just saying but i think that that is the game oh i i, totally so I don't think the meta is broken i think that is actually oh, the game it, it's it, about the evolving standards it, it, of of value it, i absolutely agree I, i'm just saying that like does it compress it to a point where it's no longer fun right that 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 that, that right. and, and you know and tom will disagree with that and I go like, well, well let, let's 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 do this. And like, we, we tried various experiments, and then we stop. And Tom goes, "See, I'm right." And I go like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> uh, either way, the rich and the good is better. Rich and the good, rich and the good. Like, that's a thumbs up recommend uh, from from Ben. Uh, I too will give it a thumbs I up. Give rec- it- Two big thumbs up. That's right. Big it, thumbs up. It, I love it. Everyone should buy it. Everyone yeah, there you go. It. This is it's what, so good. This is what this podcast should be. Like, you know, like we're going to put, you know, Ben's like, you know, sticker on a, a, a game. Well, also, by the way, it's cheap. Yeah. I want to say like, it's, it's like board games have gotten pretty expensive these days. Mm-hmm. And this one was like around in like the $30 range. That doesn't mean make it any better or worse, but it just means like, I think as a value, like it's, it's a really good, a really good purchase. And speaking of things that may or may not be good purchase, like, you know, uh, like Jordan, uh, for age of innovation, bought like, uh, the, what do you call it? The, the dividers, like, you know, the organizers, yeah, organizer, organizer. which costs almost as much as the game. Wow. But like, it's really nice. There's never been an organ like Matt is the person who buys organizers, and I go like, oh, that's nice, that's fine. But Age of Innovations organized like, like holy crap, this is really some Tetris stuff happening here. Games sometimes it's worth that money because like for Twilight Imperium Four, Matt and I both got like the fancy, and Candace got the mm-hmm. fancy organizer, and it literally shaves forty five minutes of time off. Yeah, and, and and so I think that's I think you got to look at that. Like, how much is your time worth if you're going to play this a hundred times and it takes you know, 
40 minutes or 30 minutes to clean up and organize like at the minimum organize mm-hmm. that's 50 hours is 50 hours worth 100 bucks perhaps maybe i should also by the way going, getting back to the rich and the good i do want to give one la- uh, an asterisk or a caveat mm-hmm. i've only played this at four players sure. i've not played it at three players i've not played it at five players it goes from three to five players at five, five work yeah what'd you say i'm, I'm, I'm thinking how five would work it yeah, people online have said five becomes pretty chaotic. I kind of think that sounds that's that's appealing to me. Sure, sure. Um, you know, but one thing to note is that uh, there's a fixed amount. It's always going to be um, eight rounds total. Sure. So that means that at five players and at three players, there's going to be an unequal amount of turns for people, and that could really drive people. There will be some people who say that's not fair. They'll that's not fair. I'm just thinking. So like, you know. if you're one of those people, just like mentally prepare yourself. Maybe you will only play at four players. And I have heard that three players. I'm interested to try at three players because then there's never a person who has no information about someone else. Mm-hmm. And apparently the game still works at three. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if they have pentagon boards and the triangle boards to make the vertices work. <laughs> yeah, that would be very interesting. So um, anyway, anyway, I think that's I think that's all that 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 like i think i need to have some i need to have some food i think my coffee pocket is waning Uh oh coffee pocket is waning um i think that the uh i think it's time to transition into some sort of uh lunchy thing do you feel i I, i'm going strong my coffee pocket's still still there but like i i i i I will acquiesce like i could talk for hours (laughs) you know let's do it except for right now except for right now that's right (laughs) but we will not be talking for hours thank you for your uh Thank you for your patronage, everyone. <laughs> yes. You've been listening to Game Brain, produced and edited by Matthew Robinson, Tom Donnelly, Trey Alsup, and Ben Mandelker. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. More on Daedalus at GameBrainPod.com. And thanks to Edmar Peleg for our incredible graphics. Be sure to check him out on Instagram at, at Kerbuloni or on his website, Kerbuloni.com. You can reach us by email at contact at GameBrainPod.com. Thanks for listening, and go play some <laughs> games with friends. Or make some friends with games. Uh-oh.